Thanks for listening to the Journey Podcast. We're glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast engages you and encourages you to become more like Him. Well, good morning. I hope everybody's doing well. Doing good? Man, I'm going to tell you, I want to do something because if we were like a football game, I was thinking about this watching the game last night. If we were at a football game or if we were at a baseball game and the star of the show, the star player came walking in, we would absolutely go crazy. Like we would just like applaud and like we would be doing all kinds of stupid stuff. You know the star of the show, and I don't mean that to be disrespectful or irrelevant, the, the star of heaven has entered this room. When we started, the Bible says where two or three are gathered in his, in, in his name, he's right there in the midst. We should be applauding the star of the show. So we can do some, let's just for a second, let's just give thanks to God for all he's done, for his miracles, for his healing, for, for him being bigger than life, for, for, for the tough times, for the, for the good times, right? For all the times, right? So it's exciting. Um, we're kind of doing a standalone today. It's going to be an exciting day. First message was really good. If I say so myself, it was really good. Um, but I, I have to be honest with you. Halfway through the message, about a third of the way through the message, my, my iPad crapped out. And I was like, uh, what do I do now? And so um, we're, that's not going to happen this service. We have like multiple iPads. You're on, you're, you were doing a chat host, weren't you? You saw it. Did you see the fear in my eye? That was like, I think I wet myself a little bit at first. Like, I didn't know what to do. But man, the team came to the rescue and God showed up and that's all that really mattered. So it was a, it was a good day. But um, this past week, a lot of us, right? Uh, most of us in this, in this part of the world, like uh, this United States, we had my favorite, my favorite holiday, Thanksgiving. And you know why it's my favorite holiday? It's food and family. It doesn't get any better than that. We get to eat real cranberry sauce out of a can right? That's the best kind, right? And then we all know that Jesus did uh, um, sweet potatoes with pecans on the top, not without. And no, God forbid you marshmallows are of the devil. So you never put a marshmallow on it. So it was an exciting time. That's what we did in our house. We sat around and talked and we shared and I kept my tradition up with my father, my dad and myself have been hunting. I was, I think I was 10 or 12 years old. We started hunting on Thanksgiving. I think I've missed two or three or we've missed two or three just for various reasons. So it was nice to do that. But you know what's so fun about it? Like, I just love that we sit around and we talk and we tell stories. And we did some things like I have, I have older kids now, so they're out of the house. And so we kind of maximize all those moments. And, and we, we just, we, we talked about just life stuff. You know, we, we hung out together. It was just really, really good. And, 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 and it got me thinking that how much I like Thanksgiving. And it, it, it is because it's, it's because it's food and family, but it's also, it's nestled right between two moneymakers. It's, it's between Halloween and Christmas, and I despise how we've taken both of those and made those like national treasures, and I, I don't like what we've done with Christmas in the world that we live in. So it's right in the middle. It hasn't been commercialized. We haven't, we haven't tried to monopolize the, the, the culture. It's just, it's just a good all-around, it's a good all-around holiday. And so and it's, it's interesting because one of the traditions, I don't know if you guys have traditions like this, but one of the traditions... Since my kids were small, um, mom or dad or somebody would take them out shopping on like, like Thanksgiving night. And then when they got old enough to drive, they would just go out by themselves. And I, I said to them, I said, are you guys going out? Like, what are you guys doing? We're all at the house and we're having a good time. And uh, are you all going shopping? They were like, nobody's open. And I thought, wow, that's cool. And I heard this, that Nordstrom's one of the biggest, you know, retail, sh they decided 
um, this year that they were not going to open on Thanksgiving Day, like to let people come in early. They were just going to, and they were only going to do normal hours on on Black Friday. And I thought may, maybe, just maybe, we're getting the understanding, we're figuring this thing out that that holidays aren't meant to just to be commercial commercialized. The holidays are meant for the things that are really important. That's hanging out with my family. It's hanging out with you guys. And I even put something on Facebook, and a lot of you participated. And I said, you know, let's start something good in the world. There's a lot of a lot of bad out there, right? There's a lot of, everybody's putting a post about something negative about politics or about, so let's put something good, let's start something good. And so I said, give me a couple things that you're thankful for. And I wrote on there that I was thankful for my, 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 my first of all, I'm thankful for Jesus. Somebody say amen to that. Because like, I, I, I'm thankful that I don't get what I deserve and because of his redemption power, that I can do what I'm doing right now. I can de- declare his goodness. I, 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 I'm, I'm, the Bible says that I'm, I'm free, right? Second Corinthians, I'm a brand new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And that's something to be thankful for. But I put family and friends. And as I was working on the message and I was writing out, I think I actually wrote that when I was sitting in the deer stand. And I didn't care if I saw a deer. I didn't care if we, we got a deer. I was just like, I was bawling like, like, I'm, like I'm glad there wasn't like a, a, a camera on me because I was bawling like a baby because I was just thinking about all the good things that God has done in my life. And I got to thinking about some of the people. And, and so I sent out a text to some of my, my best friends. Now, if you didn't get one, that doesn't mean you're not my friend. You're just not in my top 500. I'm just kidding you. But I just, I said, I said, you know, I'm going to echo what Paul says. And Paul says in a passage of scripture in Philippians chapter one. But I started th- being thankful for, for like our staff. I, I, our, I love our staff. Like I get to do, I, I spend as much time with our staff as I do, if not more than with my wife. And so it's one of those deals where I better like them. And I do, we have such a, a healthy culture, but I started writing things out and, and I, I, I landed on Philippians. I want to read it to you. Maybe this is how you feel about some of the things that you should be thankful for that you're not thankful. Maybe you just never thought. Maybe it's you know, somehow or another today it's going to be provoked. Uh, and this is what I'd like to do today is I'd like to make Thanksgiving more than just a Thursday in November. I would like us to develop an attitude of gratitude that whenever we think about people or whenever we think about God or whenever we think about the good things, whenever we think about that, we have this gratitude that's in us. But Philippians 1 says this. And this is Paul writing this. And he says, I thank my God in all remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you are uh, all making my prayer with joy. Verse five says, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion the day of uh, Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about y'all because, and that, by the way, that's how we know that Paul was a southerner. He said y'all three times here, right? That only happens in the South. So, y'all, because I hold in you, if you're from the North, you just don't understand it. Bless your heart. <laughs> and you probably don't know what bless your heart means either. So, we'll. Anyway, welcome to Journey. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and my defense and confirmation of the gospel. I love this part here. For God is my witness, how I yearn for y'all with the affection in Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus. And, and man, that, it made me think. Like, am I thankful, like, not just for the three or four people or my family, like, do I recognize the people that are good in my life? Do I recognize the people that have impact in my life? And I don't know if you guys know who Coach K is, but he's the coach of Duke basketball. He's one of the winningest coaches. In 2015, 
uh, he said he was having a down year, and he said that the morale just wasn't there, and, and people weren't excited about uh, just basketball. And he decided to do something. He took a basketball, and he took it to his team, and he said, I want you to write names of people that have impacted your life. Maybe it's a coach, maybe it's a pastor, maybe it's a mom, maybe it's a dad, maybe it's a grandparent, an aunt, uncle, maybe it's a teacher that you had. Whatever it is, I want you to write their names out, and I want you to put them on this basketball. We're going to call this the gratitude basketball. So everywhere we went, or they went, they took this basketball and they took it with them all the way to the national championship. By the way, 2015, they won another national championship and they carried this gratitude ball. And one of the things that he said, what they were trying to create was this. It says, it was intended to challenge the team to perform with gratitude-inspired excellence throughout the remainder of the season. Gratitude-inspired excellence. Can you imagine that? I am doing this because somebody has impacted my life. I'm doing this because I don't want to let you down. I'm doing this because you mean so much to me that I want to give my very best. And my thought was, what if we did that in life? What if we did every day of our life in the pursuit of gratitude-inspired excellence in our lives? What if we woke up every morning, we went to bed before we went to bed, we prayed, God, give me some attitude-inspired excellence. I want to be excellent for you. I want to be excellent because I don't want to let anybody down. Well, I found out this. There's something about gratitude that actually it brings about the best of us. When we're grateful, it brings the best out of us. According to a recent article in Wall Street Journal, researchers have found adults who frequently feel grateful have more energy, more optimism, um, more social connections, more happiness. Um, They're also less likely to be depressed. They're envious. They're greedy. They're, They're not alcoholics. They earn more money. They sleep more soundly. They exercise more regularly and have a greater resistance to viral infections, and they have more sex. I added that one to see if you were with me. Just checking y'all out. He said sex in church. I can see some of, some of you that kids right now like, stop it. Dr. Robert Emmons, he was a professor of psychology in the University of California, Davis. He is the leading researcher on this. And this is what he said. He said, gratitude requires, listen to this, self-reflection, the ability to admit that one is dependent upon the help of others, and the humility to realize one owns limitations. It means that you can't do this thing in life by yourself. That's what gratitude is, that you somehow or another, that's why we can say to Jesus, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done, because he did for something that we couldn't do for ourselves. I can say to many of the people in this room, you've done for me something I couldn't do. I am where I'm at right now because of a lot of you, the 24 original people that said, you know something? I'm gonna buy into this vision for this church. And now a couple thousand people call this place home. I couldn't have done it without them. Gratitude inspired excellence. What would happen if we did it in every area of our lives? And you wanna know, and this is true. How many people know happy people? Just raise your hand. You know some happy people. Raise your hand real, real, real high. Even if you're not the happy person, raise your hand real high. How many people know unhappy people? Okay. Don't point at your spouse. Man, it's a no pointing zone here at Journey. Um, You know what? There's a common denominator that I have found personally, 55 years on this earth, a common denominator I have found on people that are happy. You know what? It has nothing to do with their social status. It has nothing to do with their rank in the world. 
It has nothing to do with the amount of money they have in their checking account. It has nothing to do with the shiny things that they, wear, that they have. It doesn't have anything to do with the clothes they wear. It doesn't have anything to do with the subdivision that they live in. It has everything to do with the happy people. They're grateful. They're just grateful. For, regardless of where they're at in their, in their lot in life, they're grateful in good things. They're grateful in bad things. When life throws them a curveball, when life throws them 20-20, they're grateful. I, I, I had a conversation, and uh, listen, I, I was sitting there yesterday, one of my best friends, I've known this, um, this girl for 30 years, and she's, she used to work here at our church before she moved to Houston, and her mom, is, her mom is dying, and last January, we buried her father, and her mom is dying, and she had a stroke about three weeks ago, and um, because of that, they had to take her out of the nursing home, and they, put, they were able to bring her home, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I, I don't mean this to be offensive, but this is really a good thing, isn't it? Because think about this. If she didn't have the stroke, she would have been in hospice or in a nursing home by herself and no visitors. She, she literally said this three or four weeks ago. She said, you mean nobody can visit? Not even Pastor Bobby. Pastor Bobby, my pastor can't even come visit. I was like, no, Mom, nobody can visit. But now the stroke is awful, right? The stroke is horrible. I mean, I, I was holding the hand up of a lady that probably in the next couple days is going to be passing away. She's going to see Jesus, okay? So there's a positive in this. And I said, I don't mean this to be ugly or like disrespectful or irreverent. I don't want any of those things. I said, but that stroke was a godsend because that stroke got her out of the nursing home and got her into your house where you can see her every day and you can hold hands with her. And I thought about the scripture in Genesis. It It says, where the enemy intended to bring harm, God turned around and made it a good thing. And so even in the bad things, is there a way? I'm getting, I'm getting Holy Ghost goose pimples right now, okay? Even in the bad things, we can see God, can't we? Maybe we can't see God the way we want to see God, but we can see God's hand in certain things. And so whether it's a really bad thing, and, and so the common denominator is not about how much, or even life circumstances. The common denominator is people that are grateful, people that are happy, people that have joy, are also successful. They make it through situations like this. So today what I'd like to do, I'm gonna take a look at Luke 17. It's a story that some of you have probably heard, but maybe never studied. And I, well, I, just a few moments, I just wanna break it down. And it's a story about 10 lepers. And, and I, it's really important that we get this because Jesus is walking with his disciples. So his closest friends, they're walking from, they're trying to go to Jerusalem. So that they're at the Sea of Galilee and they're coming down to Jerusalem. But about halfway down, there's this place called um, Samaria. And Samaritans were not well-liked with the Jewish people. Uh, they believed that years and years and years ago, you know, 4,000 years ago, the Israelites, the true you know, seed of Abraham, started having relationships with tribes of other nations. And because of that, they had, they, they had like half-breeds. I don't know how else to say it. And it was a, racism was abundant. So there was lots of turmoil. And so a lot of people, what they would do was, instead of going through Samaria, because they didn't want to go through that area, they would actually go around Samaria. and would take two to three, maybe four extra days. Not with Jesus, though. So Jesus decides he's going to go right from where Galilee is all the way to Jerusalem, and he's going to go right through this place called Samaria. So this is what happens. It says in verse um, 11, it says, on the way, I think she's going to put it, on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. So right in the middle of that place is the place that, that they didn't really want to go. And in verse 12, it says this, and as he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance. Now, this is really important. 
Because in that time, biblical times, and even a little bit now, because we see it with uh, Mother Teresa of Calcutta. When she was in Calcutta, they would take uh, people that had leprosy and they would make leprosy camps. There's a whole island over in Hawaii. If you've ever heard about it, there's a whole uh, where a, 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 a priest was over and, and literally he, he contracted leprosy, but he was over this island. He went to minister to him. And then he says, he says in his prayer, now that I'm, that, 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 that I'm one of you, like somehow or another in the midst of all this, of ministering these people, well, what happened back in was they would, they would make them go outside the city. So they were far off. They thought that leprosy at that point was honestly contagious, which we know now that it's not highly contagious. It is contagious, but it's not highly contagious. You're not, not going to die if you, you know, rub against somebody. So they're off far in the distance. And then it says in verse 13, and lifted up by their voices saying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Verse 14. And when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. Now, this is really important. There's two real cool truths. Go and show yourselves to the priests. And then as they went, they were cleansed. Now you go, why did, they, you know, why, why did Jesus, he was right there. He was the great healer. He was the Messiah, right? He was the soon, soon to be crucified and resurrected. Why didn't he just say, you come walking up to me and I'll declare you? Well, the culture was, if they had leprosy, the only ones that can bring them back into society were the priests. So they would have to go to the priest and the priest would actually investigate them and go, okay, now you are fit to be brought back. Now, here's the funny thing. Jesus is the high priest. Somebody say amen to that. He's the high priest. He's the only one that can cure the sin of leprosy or the leprosy of sin that we have in our lives. And we can go to him, our high priest, and be deemed whole and healthy again. Okay, so that's the first thing. Really cool truth. Second thing is this. I love this. No, go back to that. Go back. Go back. Yep. And as they went, as they went, not as they sat, not as they prayed, not as they had a Bible study, as they went. And I was sitting there looking at that so many times in our worlds, especially in the consumer world that we live in. We talked about this last week. We just want to sit and I want God to do all the things in my life. But so many times the greatest life lessons and the greatest movements of God are when we're searching for something. Come on now. And I think we've lost a searching mentality in the world we live in. We want everything given to us. We can just get on Google and get a master's degree in like two seconds in every topic that we want to have a master's degree in. I'm blown away by our, our culture here at Journey. We have a lot of young people. When I say a lot of young, half, I think half of our staff is probably under the age of 30, which is fantastic. Super, maybe not quite half, but a large portion of it. And I'll ask a question and they can pull it up on Google and they can, they can get like, they can literally figure out how to do a whole computer system in like 15 seconds. Like, and they can, they can build, and, and it's just the, the culture we live. It's almost too easy for us today. But in this story, it was as they went. God did something. I wonder how many times in our lives God wants to do something in our life, but we haven't taken the first step, the, the first direction toward whatever he wants us to do. So it says that. Now it's interesting here because this is where it kind of starts to really, 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 really get good. Okay, verse 15. We're gonna kind of uh, dive into 15. Then one of them, I want you to notice this. One of them, not 10 of them, one of them. When one of them went, he saw that he was healed. Now, I don't know what that looked like, but I imagine it was like one of those, whoa! 
Like my skin was falling off and now it's not. I would think that's a big deal. Like we're not just talking to have a little dandruff. We're talking about peeling skin off and all of a sudden, whoa. Watch what he does. Turn back, praising God. And I want you to really catch, just you need to lean into this with a loud voice. And then he fell on his face. I love this. And then he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. And then Jesus answered, were not 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return? Where, where are the other nine? That's what he's saying. Where were the other nine? To give praise to God except for this one foreigner. Now, you know what I want everybody to capture? Because this is really, really, really important. I think in the world that we live in, I think, I think the way the culture is going, I think our consumer mentality, everything's so easy. Gratitude puts you in the minority. Think about this. There was 10 of them. All 10 were healed. All 10 were healed, but only one came back. So I'm not really good at math. I'm not really good at math. So you help me with this, but that's, that's 10%, right? So that's, I think it's less than the world we live in. I think gratitude is less percentage of people that have, are grateful and happy and joyful and thankful. I think it's less now. Just, just get on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. You see everybody's anger. You see everybody's problems. You see everybody's issues. We very rarely put something on there and go, wow, life is really good. Harvey Mackey, who wrote How to Swim with Sharks Without Being Eaten Alive, it's a great book. I would encourage anybody to read it. But it, he said, once said, uh, he once said that when you do something for someone else, their gratitude will last as long as it takes for them to say they are eternally grateful and then they forget about it. Think about that. Um, anybody watch football yesterday at all? Uh, any football fans in the room? See. I wasn't going to say that, <laughs> but go dogs. So I, I actually am going to share another story, but I'm watching the game yesterday and it was in Will, williams Rice Stadium, you know, South Carolina. And I was reminded, my, my brother, I think it, as a gift, about 15 or so years ago, took me to a South Carolina, Georgia football game. He didn't tell me at first that it was not at Georgia. I was thinking like, Georgia, man, that's cool. I'll go. It was, it was at williams Bryce. It was in South Carolina. And when we got there, we didn't know this, or maybe he did and didn't want to tell me, we were sitting in the student section. <laughs> now, mind you, I have a Georgia, I have a David Green, number 14, red jersey on. My brother is wearing one, I think one of the running backs, I forget who it was. God is my witness. It was their blackout. They were all in black. It was all black and two tall white boys with red jerseys on in the student section. I don't know if you ever, what goes on in the student section needs to stay in the student section, right? Like it was, it was wild. Well, that night I get home and ESPN was there. College game day was there and they're panning the crowd. I think we won. I stuck out. We stuck out like a sore thumb. And you know what I was thinking last night? Because I saw the same thing. There was two Georgia fans in the middle of all the 
the black and garnet or whatever the ugly color is. There was red, 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 Georgia red. Like you stick out like a story. And it made me think. You know, when you're grateful and you live a life of gratitude, you stick out like a sore thumb. You stick out in your workplace. If you're saying thank you to your employees, or, or if, you're an, if you're an employee and you're saying to your boss, thank you. Thank you for making sure I have a place. Thank you for, for you, know, you know something? It's been a tough year. Thank you for keeping me here. Thanks. For, I, I, know, I know we had to go back a little bit. I, I know we had to take a little bit of time. But you know something? The, a friend of mine was telling me, like, they had to go back from 45 hours to 40 hours a week. And he said, the boss had cut his pay. And he was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get no job. You know how people are, right? And I said, do you still have a job? He said, yes. And I said, you want to know how many people I know that don't have jobs anymore? And he goes, how many? I said, a lot. You should be thankful for the fact that you're getting 40 hours a week. That's right. See, attitude of gratitude. It's uncommon in the world. And it's not just for Thursdays in November. It's, it should be 12 months out of the year. You stick out like a sore thumb. You ever gone to dinner with somebody and you can tell that the, the marriage of the couple that you're with is not good or the, maybe the de- dating couple and you're like, and they're constantly back and forth at each other and you're going, well, what the mess is this? I bet if we were thankful on that because it stick, good marriages that are grateful for each other stick out like sore thumbs. Any area of your life that you're taught, like, I don't care what it is. If you're a student in school, when you're grateful, like, I'm not telling you, like, thank you for the test, sister, you know, or thank, you know, (laughs) you gave us eight tests this week. You're the best. No, I'm not saying, but but, but we, we can be thankful. Grateful people stick out of the crowd. I love the way verse 17 says it. It says, Jesus says, we're not 10 clean, cleansed? He knew that, didn't he? I was Jesus. We're, we're, <laughs> nobody else tweeted. Nobody else put on Facebook, hey, Jesus just healed me. One person. I mean, if we were living, if they were living, if this happened in social media days, it'd be all over the world, right? Except for the nine. They, you know what they would have been saying? They would have been saying something like, well, yeah, he healed me, but you know, he didn't give me any money. Or he healed me, but he really didn't. I, don't tell me that's not how we're like. Which actually leads me to the next thing, because it's really funny. It's gratitude is an expression, not just an emotion. And so some, we, we think, well, I, I feel grateful. Well, it, it, the truth of the matter is, 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 it's a demonstration rather than a sensation. So many people think, I feel, no, 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 no. How, how many times have you ever heard, so... Um, I, I just don't do gratitude real well. I'm not good at it. I, I am really grateful. I just, I don't. I, I live with this. So I had a grandfather that, and, and maybe some of you understand this culture. I don't understand it at all because my parents weren't this way. We're not that way. But my grandfather never said to my grandmother, never, never heard him say, I love you. I remember sitting on my back porch of my dad's house one day. He's probably going to die in the next couple, three weeks. He had some kind of, I think he had some kind of disease. You can tell we were real close, right? But I said to him, I said, why don't you ever tell grandma you love her? And he said this. I was like, 
She knows I do. And if it ever changes, I'll let her know. I want to, I can't say throat punch at Journey anymore, okay? Because <laughs> I was told I can't do that anymore. You know what that is? That's a fail. That's a fail. You not being able to express gratitude is a fail. Yes, it is. You not being able to say to your spouse or your kids or your mom or your dad that you're thankful for them or your teacher or your pastor at times. <laughs> just, I just throwing that in there. Just, you know what I'm saying? Could you imagine? Just imagine. Imagine if Jesus walks up on the 10 and they go, hey, Jesus, master, would you do something? He goes, you know, I really feel like it, but not today. Hey, hey, how about the blind guy? Could you imagine the blind guy and go, I've been blind since birth. I've never seen my kids. I've never seen my, I've been married. I don't even know what my wife looks like. I think she looks good. Pretty sure she looks good, but I've never seen her. And Jesus goes, you know something? I'm really sympathetic about you. I really feel for you, but I'm really not good at showing, expressing my gratitude. So I'm not gonna do anything for you. Could you imagine if Jesus did that? Or should we be like Paul? I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. You're in every one of my prayers. Every time I think about you, I think about the goodness of God. Every time I think about you, the partnership that we have in the gospel. Could you imagine that? The nine showed. They were probably thankful. I think, I mean, if you get healed from leprosy, you've got to be a little bit thankful, right? But they never demonstrated. They never went out of their way to show that. It's a fail. Gratitude is useful only when it's expressed and demonstrated and put into action. In the book that Margaret Craven wrote, it's called I Heard That Y'all Call My Name, she tells about a missionary that's uh, kind of ministering to this uh, tribe of Indians in, the British, in British Columbia. And they, in their language, they don't have a word that can be used for the word thank you. So there's no, there's no groups of words. But what they do is they demonstrate thank you. So they can't say it, but they can demonstrate, which is probably actually better. It's interesting to me. In our lives, I think a lot of us are thankful. I think a lot of us want to say we're thankful. We just don't. So you know how, this is what we're going to do. We're going we're to have a big mass thank you right now. On three, everybody in this room is just going to say the two words thank you. Okay, go, go ahead. One, two, three. Thank you. Some of you said it with no conviction. Thank you. Putting our convictions into practice. You know what they did, this tribe? They didn't say thank you, they did thank you. What if we did thank you? And what if we did it in a loud voice? I love that about the story. I don't know if you remember when I said that. They did it loudly. You know what? I thought about this. As a culture, we do a lot of things loudly, don't we? We yell at the TV screen when our football team's not doing well loudly. My dog ran last night and hid underneath, you know, in, in the back bedroom because she heard me yelling at the TV, a good thing. She didn't know the difference, but she ran. <laughs> hey, we argue loudly, don't we? We put things on social media loudly. We put them all, all in caps, don't we? We can do a lot of things in our lives loudly. Why can't we say thank you loudly? Why, why, why can't we just say, you know something? So this morning... I mean, I knew what I was speaking, but there's a lady that's part of our church. Her name is Marion Jackson. She's one of the sweetest ladies. She's part of our host team. I think she's 
She is 80 years young. I mean, she is spry. She looks good. She works out every day. She's amazing. But because of COVID, she hasn't been able to come to church because her doctor told her that she was at risk if she came in contact with somebody that had COVID. And so just about three times a week, we back and forth. I miss church. I miss church. This morning, I thought, man, like I, I go through messages and I, I literally go, I hope Miss Marion would be proud that I'm saying this right now. Not, not that I'm asking for her approval. I'm looking for the wink from one. I get all that, but she, she means a lot. She's a mentor to me. And so this morning, I just text messaged her. I just said, like, man, I just want you to know I love you. And she's watching right now. I just want you to know I love you. I, I, I miss seeing you. And you are such, I, I, this is what exact words were, your love for Jesus is contagious. Man, how many people would love that to be said about them? Your love for Jesus is contained. Man, your love, the way you love, the way you love Jesus, the way you worship, not just on Sundays, but every day, it's contagious to me. I had to say it loudly. Nobody else probably, well, you heard it, I just told you about, but nobody else was going to see it, but she heard it, and she heard it loud. What would, do, what would happen? I, I love the story of Tom Hanks, because gratitude is expression, it has to be an expression. Tom Hanks, um, anybody know who Tom Hanks is? Okay, he was in a couple little small movies. Like Forrest Gump was one of the little small ones he was in. And, you know, Captain Phillips was another great one. Um, but I don't know if you guys know this. Pretty interesting. His first ever thing he ever did was a TV show called Bosom Buddies. Anybody remember it? So it's where he dressed up. He dressed up as, as women. And, 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 and so, but he got the job. Tom Miller was the producer. And he didn't have enough money to even get back and forth uh, from work. He didn't have enough money to put his gas. So he asked Tom Miller for a loan. He said, can I borrow $5,000? So Tom Miller gave him $5,000. As soon as he got his first paycheck, he started paying it back, paying it back. Years later, years later, I'm assuming that Tom Hanks makes a little bit more than $5,000 right now. But years later, if he sees Tom Miller on a screen set or wherever, he runs down and he falls to his feet and he grabs his legs and he says, thank you. He's not doing it because he wants everybody else's. He wants to know that you gave me my start and I couldn't have made it without you. Now, he could have just said, thank you. Thank you. That's great. Thank you, man. And walked on. No, but it was expression. And the third thing is this. We'll make this one a quick one. Gratitude opens the door for more. And he said to them in verse 19, rise up, go your faith. I love this. Go your way. Your faith has made you well. How many times have we heard that in scripture before? Where Jesus says something along the lines, we, I healed you, but it's because of your faith. Or it's because of a group of friends' faith. And so many times we miss the blessings. Hear this. We miss the blessings of God because we're so quick to get to the next thing that happens. And one of the, the, the valuable lessons that this leper learned that was thankful, it wasn't so much about thanksgiving. It wasn't even about healing. He was learning a life lesson that his faith throughout his life was going to be the motivating factor that God was going to do whatever God wanted to do in his life by his faith. So, so time after time, after, I can imagine when he's a little bit older, 10 years later, there's this moment that happens. And he goes, I remember my faith back here. So this is the faith I'm going to stand on right here. Maybe 20 years later when there's a problem that happens, my faith got me through this over here. I was a leper. Hey, by the way, could you imagine that? Imagine this conversation 30 years later. Hey, by the way, remember the story about the lepers? I was one of them. By the way, I was the one that came back. I was the good one. By faith. Okay, so how do we put this into practice today? 
Great story, right? Great story. Love Bible stories. But if it's just a bunch of information and no application, we have done no good this morning. So let's bring some application to it, okay? So the first thing is, this should inspire us to make a list of the people that you should say thank you to. Like you literally, so I, I, during the middle of service, I found out that this is a good thing. Somebody bought a gratitude journal. That's a great thing, right? A gratitude journal, start writing that. You don't have to have a specific journal, just do it in your notes page. But all the people. So when I teach a leadership class here at Journey, I ask every person that comes to leadership class to do one thing. This is what I ask them to do. I want you to list out somebody or a person that has the biggest influence, a family member, okay? Biggest influence on you. I want you to put a teacher down that had the biggest influence on you. I want you to put a coach down, okay? Who's the coach that had the most, a spiritual leader. And then you can put one that doesn't fit in any of these categories. And I ask them the question, what is it that everybody has in common that's on that list? And you know what it is? It's time and investment. And most of the time, it's because they were grateful that somebody else did it for them. And this is what I say. What would happen if you pass that on to somebody else? This is your opportunity right here. You can start making your list. You can start figuring out who are those people that you want to say thank you. You can start with, I want to thank my wife. She's, she's fantastic. She's not a great cook, but she's fantastic. She's smoking hot. She makes up for the cooking thing because she's smoking hot. Right? Or, you know, the guy, yep, he forgets to put the trash out. But man, he takes care of, he loves his family. You know what I'm talking about? Like, start putting on, how about your boss? Put your boss down. Like, just, and maybe, maybe you're not thankful. Maybe it's just, hey, I'm going to start to be thankful for my boss. Like, I'm going to start to be thankful for the people that are around me. I mean, put your, whatever you want to do. Make a list. There's always somebody that's in your life that you can make a list and put on that list and start praying for and thank. And then here it is. Make every effort to go out of your way to say thanks. Don't leave it at, like, I got a list. You're on my list. You're on my list. Hey, you're on my list, and this is why. You're, you're on my list because you've really had an impact in my life. On my list right now, and it's, it's weird, it's even hard to say, I listed out every past and present staff person. And I listed them out, and when I listed them out, I was, God, thank you. Because even the ones that didn't work out, the ones that aren't here, you know, for whatever reasons, I learned some things and I'm thankful that they got me from where I am to where I need to be. And so many times it's even been in the, the worst case scenarios that, that God's pushed me. So I'm thankful for those moments. So make every effort to go out of your way to say thanks. I heard a guy say this one time. He said, I'm not gonna wait to give you flowers. I'll go ahead and tell you now. And I remember going, what do you mean by that? That's a weird statement. You know, you know what he was saying? Oh, watch it. So I do... I do quite a few funerals. It's part of my job, right? And, and it's interesting to me when we're at a, a funeral home or we're here at the church, we're doing visitation. How many people go, you know, Johnny, what a great guy. Like, he was amazing. Like, he was a great dad. He was a great friend. We, we were in the military together. He was, he was faithful. I go, did you ever tell him when he was alive? No. What the guy's saying is, I'm not going to wait till you're dead to bring you flowers. I'm going to say nice things while you're alive, while you can hear them. Every funeral I do, I go, and I stand up there. We have a pulpit that we actually have here when we do it here. And I'll go, one day, somebody's going to be standing behind this and I'm going to be the one in the casket. And I want to know what people are going to say about me. I would rather you tell me now. 
Because you know something, it's not about the duration of my life, it's about the donation of my life. I wanna make sure that I'm making a donation to this world that I live in. That little dash that's on that little headstone, I want that dash to stand for something. And I'd rather people say thank you now. Let's just have a party. Banana pudding, right? Let's just have banana pudding. Man, Bobby loved banana pudding. Good guy. Let's go sing Amazing Grace in 14 keys. Let's have a good time. And here, make, make it noticeable. Make it noticeable. Let other people know about it. There's something about when somebody else tells me, you know what somebody said about you? And I go, oh, crap, what did they say? Oh, I mean, oh, man, what did they say? And they go, they just said you're a great human being. I had somebody say something about me the other day. In the twisted way, it made sense to me. They said, he's one of the guardians of the galaxy. And I went, I get that. He said, because you guard the gospel. I went, wow. You guard the gospel. There's not, a, there's not a message that goes by, Bobby, that you don't preach the gospel. You tell about Jesus. It's not about journey. It's not about the big J. It's about Jesus. We always lead everything back to Jesus. That's a compliment, you all. And the fact that that person said it to somebody else and that person said it to me, I was like, are you doing that? Here's the last thing. Don't forget to say thanks to God. I think there's three categories of people. I think there's a category of people, they just expect God to do great things for them. They assume God's going to do great things for them. They're not very thankful. They just, it's it, the expectation. He's a good God. He's just going to, he's going to make everything come about. I'm never going to get sick. My relationships are going to be fine. I'm going to have the best job, the best house. We're never going to be late on our mortgage payment. Our kids are never going to get in trouble. All that. It's just the expectation. I think there's another group of people that only give thanks to God when things are going well. You hear me? So this morning, I had an eye-opening experience. First service, I'm sitting right there, and we sang the song that we sang, you know, that we sing the same songs. We talk about the breath that I breathe. It's your breath. And right next to me, there's a guy, and he's got his hands extended, and we get the goodness of God. And I know his story. And if there's anybody that should be mad at God, it's him. A couple years ago, tragically, his wife died of cancer. He watched her deteriorate fast. And he's over there going, the goodness of God? See, that's the third category. It's the people that in spite of the bad stuff, they just thank God for all seasons. They're the ones that thank God for 2020 and don't curse 2020. <laughs> They're the ones that see the good things about family coming together more and spending more time with the people that they love and care about. I think God wants us in that third category. And I think the leper that came back is in that third category. 
I think the other nine were in the first category. They just expected it. They just kind of, it's what happens. And I can't imagine the story that was told years later, honestly. Could you imagine what that leper was saying to grandkids? I met this guy, Jesus. Not only did he heal me from leprosy, because of that, I know the Savior now. I know the goodness of God. I know the unmerited favor of grace that I would have never known if I didn't meet Jesus. Let's pray. God, in this moment right here, when we're talking about gratitude and we're desiring to make it more than just a Thursday in November, I would really like somehow or another to develop a gratitude revolution. And the first thing that I'm going to say is I'm thankful for you, Jesus. I was walking a miserable path, a path of destruction. But that night at Heightstown Church of God, when I gave my life to you, God, you lifted the burden of sin off me. You did for me what I couldn't do for myself. And I'm thankful for that. God, I'm thankful for the last 30 years. Man, I've watched how you've worked. I've watched people saved. I've watched people be baptized. I, I watch you take a group of misfits and turn them into a great, a great staff, a great church. I've watched you move. I've seen you this year, God, pour out in a way I don't know that I've ever seen. And yes, it's been weird, but I'm going to say thank you for 2020. Thank you for my friends. Thank you for the people that have trusted us to do what we've been called to do in this world. That's a big deal. And maybe you're here today and you can't say I'm thankful for Jesus. Maybe today after you leave here, you can say I'm thankful for Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He's, he gives the greatest gifts to his children. He's just waiting for us to acknowledge who he is in our lives. And maybe you've never done that. Maybe you're in our Sherwood campus or maybe you're sitting in this auditorium, you're over in our atrium or just watching online. There's no secret formula. We talk about this all the time. There's no, there's no card you gotta fill out. You don't have to walk out. All you have to do right now is say, God, I'm thankful for what you did on the cross and I receive what you did on the cross. And I accept what you did on the cross. And I need your help by what you did on the cross. And for others, we've walked away from God. And maybe this is a great time for us to reconnect with God. And for others, it's just a great reminder of an attitude of gratitude that we should have all the time. So I'm glad I'm thankful. God, I'm thankful. Thankful for who you are. I'm thankful for this church. I'm thankful for everybody in this room, everybody watching online. God, I pray that we would start, we would start something that would be noticeable in our community. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Everyone said amen. Thanks again for listening today. If you need prayer or would like to talk with someone about taking your next step, email us at nextsteps at journeycommunity.net.